Hello, language enthusiasts, and welcome to The Language Worker, a space to talk about the people involved in the language business in a broad sense. I'm interested in finding out how their training, work experience, and their passion for languages has shaped our guests' professional and, of course, personal lives. Join me on this journey to explore the multiple and unpredictable paths one can follow when we are involved in the magical world of languages. When I had a conversation with Robert Martin some months ago, he mentioned his friend Laura, and he said she would be a great person to have on the podcast. I invited Laura to talk to me about the language industry and her experience working in large LSPs. Now she's an independent consultant and brings all that knowledge to her clients, LSP or localization departments looking to implement new technologies. You will learn a lot from Laura, as she's someone who was actually there while everything was happening and stayed for the long run, so she also has a pretty good idea about where things are heading. So here we are today with my new friend, <laughs> Lara. We have just met, but I've heard so many good things about you because we have a friend in common that is Robert Martin. He was the one who told me that I would love, I would be super happy to talk to you. And it's true. <laughs> now that we have been talking for a little bit, we, and have, we, could be, yes. we could be talking forever, I guess. So that's it. If you could just talk a little bit about yourself and let us know who you are. So my name is Laura Casanellas. I am from the north of Spain, <clears throat> and uh, but I have been living pretty much all my adult life in, in Dublin, Ireland. Um, I work in localization, of course, and I work as a consultant, a local, localization consultant, and uh, I specialized in implementation of machine translation, but also I um, I suppose I have a strong uh, experience in quality as well, quality programs. Um, and then because I'm old and I've been around for a while, you know, <laughs> I have experience in many, I suppose, many areas related to operations. Mm. I've done it all, basically. Pretty much. Yeah, but the thing is, you didn't start by thinking about localization in your life. So you were a bit more artistic oriented, I believe. And so you actually studied uh, journalism, right? And media related subjects. So my, my passion and I suppose my gift as well is communication, really. Um, so from, from very early on, I liked writing and reading. Mm -hmm. And uh, I did journalism in, in Spain as my, I suppose, my university degree. And I worked very actively in the in the local media uh, over there. I, I was in radio very early on. I was uh, faking, uh, faking, like literally that I knew anything about sports, <laughs> which I didn't because <laughs> every, every Sunday I was sent to you know to to kind of cover uh like minor football games and in the beginning i had no idea but everybody around me helped me yes everybody uh, knew about it <laughs> yeah all i mean i have to say all the men who were there knew obviously 
what an offside is and all that. I didn't. Uh, I don't. I think I still don't, to be honest, but let's <laughs> leave that uh, aside. And then I had to come back and talk about this this football game. So, but radio, I love. I do love radio, and I was I grew up with the radio in my house all the time, and I listened to a lot of radio and I listened to a lot of podcasts as well. Mm-hmm. And then I moved on to to writing for local newspapers. And I suppose I was lucky enough to end up uh, in, like working full time. Uh, already when I was still studying. So uh, the last, as I say to my children, I suppose it's not a good example, but I I had said it to them that uh, in my last year of college, I didn't go to college. I was working full-time in a newspaper and I would just show up to get the notes on Friday and then did the exams past the, you know, the degree and that was it. Um, so that's my love. And then once I've been in Dublin, I have done uh, also a master's in media production and all that. So I still, I suppose, like to say that I I use these skills to my with my job mm-hmm. now. Um, I I gather knowledge and I know how to transfer it very well. I think it's one of the gifts I have. Mm-hmm. So uh, I do a lot of trainings, a lot of mentoring, uh, things like that for companies. Mm -hmm. So I try to, you know, to pass my knowledge into into them. And uh, I think I do it quite successfully. People don't fall asleep uh, on my sessions, which is (laughs) always a plus. And they come back as well. They come back. Well, yeah. Sounds about right. <laughs> yes. So yes. when did the big bug of LSPs come into your life? <laughs> well, I suppose I am opportunistic by nature and also very curious. Uh, being a journalist, you know, you need to be curious about absolutely everything around you. And also, I think I can do a lot of things. I am one of these people who is flexible enough to, you know, to to kind of be okay in different scenarios. Mm, so kind of transform think, what you know mm, and make it into something else. Yes, yes. And kind of move on and gather knowledge and, you know, uh, and I suppose um, learn new skills. I love that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... After having been in Dublin for a while, having a great time, Dublin is the best place to have a great time, I began to think, okay, now you need to be serious. Um, You like this place, you want to stay in this place. I was already in a relationship, so I was kind of of committed to... With an Irish person. With an Irish person, yes. My my children are half Irish. I think they are full Irish. They aren't. They are only half. Um, I think they are the full Irish. Anyway, that's a an inside joke for uh, for Irish people. So um, I thought, what can I do here? And I I didn't feel confident enough to be honest. My English wasn't good enough to work in in media at that time. So I had friends who were translators and uh, I did a couple of courses and I thought, 
maybe I can do this, you know? Mm. And like, there's okay. a lot of LSPs in, in Dublin and Cork and all of those places in Ireland, as far as I know. Well, big, big companies like mm. uh, MLB, you know. <laughs> uh, so, yes, I mean, obviously at that time, it was the, the end, the, the last years of the 90s. So mm. we are talking about long, long time ago. There was, yeah, a lot of uh, localization companies setting their headquarters in Dublin. So, I mean, mm. in that in that case, it was the, like a, a great moment, right? So I started in Lionbridge uh, as a translator. Mm. Ah, you I, worked as a translator. I didn't I know did, that. <laughs> I did for six months. Uh, my friend Anna Gerberov very kindly gave me a job. I was really bad at it. I mean, she's never said that to me, but I know that I was like not born to be a translator. <laughs> um, so in any case, I had this small contract uh, and then I moved on to to Vivendi Games, mm -hmm. which had a big French uh, game and media uh, company. Mm which had the localization quarters in Dublin again. And there I found my place more because I worked as a quality person. Mm -hmm. I was looking after the end quality. Right. And I suppose that was more, um, you know, more, more closer to my skills. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, it was great. It was great fun. Uh, the company was very young. Um, we all, of course, it was a multi multilingual, uh, you know, bunch of people from everywhere, multicultural, and the the testers, the testing of the games was done, language testing mm -hmm. was done in the company, uh, in the offices. So at lunchtime, like 70% <laughs> of the people would be playing a multiplayer game, shooting game at lunchtime. So you couldn't go and talk to anybody because they were all crazy mad, killing each other, you know, <laughs> in in the like in the game and screams and it was it was hilarious. It really was, you know. And uh, <laughs> anyway, apart from that, I did learn a lot. I began to work with with LSPs. Mm -hmm. I was the client. Mm -hmm. And later on, many years ago, in fact, two or three years ago, I was working as a consultant, machine translation consultant, for a very large uh, MLB specialized in games. And the head of localization said to me, you gave out to me in, in Dublin once. And I said, oh, my God, what did I do, you know? <laughs> and, they were they were a vendor. They were a, the Italian vendor, you know, who translated the and ah. the games and they came to visit and all that and I wasn't too pleased with the quality uh, they were given so um, I thought small world you know <laughs> you, need to, you need to be in good terms with everybody <laughs> that's true but, no, he, he, he was fine he was fine with that so that's how I started in in localization I mean that I suppose I was there for seven years mm. and um, that was an amazing experience really fantastic yeah so then you thought just games is not enough for me i need more variety <laughs> well it wasn't as easy as that um 
there were, I think there the was a restructuring, mm. you know, in big companies, there's always yes. the, the forever restructuring world. And we all, you know, we all begin to tremble when this happens. And um, they kind of gave me the option of uh, staying or leaving. And I, I took the living. I, mm -hmm. I thought, okay, yeah, that's fine. I There was a redundancy. I had a young daughter uh, already as well. My son had been born as well. So uh, I thought new opportunities. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to take the money and, and run. <laughs> so uh, I did that. And then for a while, I was working as a consultant as well. Mm -hmm. Let's call it consultant. And I, did a lot of... <laughs> I, I was working for the same company that was amazing because I could take my job with me. So they still needed somebody to look after the quality. Mm -hmm. So for a while, that was very handy. And I also uh, then began to work as a vendor manager. Yes, <laughs> I've seen <Yes>. that. <laughs> uh, for Simultrans, which is one of uh, my favorite companies. They are fantastic people. And I've been with them in and out, you know, consulting for, for years. And I have friends there. How was so, that experience of working as a vendor manager? Well, I've been a vendor manager myself for eight years, so I have my take on it, but I'd love to hear yours. <laughs> so vendor manager for me or vendor management for me, uh, and I'm talking about my experience in operations, let's mm -hmm. say that's uh, where I have more, more experience, is one of the toughest jobs in the game. I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> I just find it <laughs> so tough. It is very tough, you know. Uh, I don't think people really realize how good it is to have a good vendor manager. Mm. And I've seen like great vendor manage, managers at work and it's a uh, it, it's a uh, it's 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 amazing how they do it you know they need to communicate they need to engage they need to be polite mm -hmm. sometimes they need to be tough mm -hmm. they need to be amazing negotiators as well so while reducing the rates still engaging people <laughs> and you know you name it I guess that um, is yeah. what we're known for <laughs> as vendor Indeed. managers. Exactly, yes. But it's it's yes. not all we do, right? It's not all we do, but it's like it's what people focus on the most. And I I, li I always like talking about that relationship between vendor management team and the freelancers. And I do believe, because that was my case, that we are definitely engaged with the idea that we need to do our best towards the vendor. It's just that sometimes it doesn't come out that way. Right. They, we cannot do certain things because, of course, we're bound to company policies and all that. But it's true that in, in our hearts, <laughs> it's the freelancer's best interest that we have in mind. And we try our best, I, everyone that I know that works as a vendor manager, to actually make that happen. So I suppose that's also, I guess, how you how you feel. Well, I, I just think like, uh, I mean, in this super hyper competitive world or business we live in, Finding good resources is tough because everybody's fighting for, for them, right? Mm -hmm. And there are so many companies and all that. But keeping them, it's just a stuff. So, so like a good vendor manager needs to look after their people. They really do. You know, they really need to 
to nurture this relationship uh, so that people are happy to stay mm-hmm. with them, with the company. So, yeah, I mean, they they need to do it all. They really do. And I think it's very important, as you say, that the, the freelancers, linguists, they feel that the vendor manager is not just there with a stick, you know. It's also trying to look after them. They will recommend them for good jobs. You know, they will they will remember them, uh, things like that. So it's a, yeah, it's a give and take, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely, I, I, I definitely yeah. enjoyed it a lot. I don't know how you felt about it. I suppose you did too, because I mean, you love communicating, you love people, I suppose. So, I mean, for me, it was just amazing. I did it for eight years, so it wasn't bad. <laughs> I've done it in a couple of occasions. Uh, yes, like, I mean, I, I loved it because I do love, I suppose, yes, interacting with people mm. and all that. But definitely, yeah, I thought that is tough. It's tough enough. And then, like, all of a sudden, you need to find somebody who speaks this language or is, and they are an specialist on I don't know what, you know? And then you yeah. go, how am I going to find this person now? <laughs> Does this person ever exist? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's certainly challenging and interesting for sure. Yeah. yeah. And then, of to- course, you need, to, you need to talk to the internal teams all the time, mm-hmm. you know, etc. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what I liked. Like being in the middle and knowing about this one and knowing about the other one and just yes. being there. And then all of a sudden, one day, someone calls you at the office and says, well, we need to get a group of people and reduce their rates because of this, because of that. You're like, hmm. I know. <laughs> but that's not always uh, happening. It's not constantly happening, right? But it there is. Ha- I mean, sometimes it is. Yes, yes. And then you have to begin to think, okay, what am I giving them? How am I selling this to them? You know, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's very, I, I find it, and that's the way I did it. I was very personal about it. And I actually received also amazing things in my, in my inbox or even uh, in the mail, things like, people trying to explain to me what their situation was sending me photos of their sick mothers and I don't know, just explaining their whole situation and why they couldn't reduce rates. And I mean, it was very intense. It's very personal. It's very emotional. And you have to really balance everything around you and still companies interest and the whole production team. So it's, it's very intense, but it's very human, I guess. And that's what people usually don't think about it like oh they're calling me vendor they're calling me resource they're calling me i know there's a lot of resource i know i don't yeah. know who came who came up with this name i suppose what i would say is that um i mean there's a lot of so much automation now in localization it's unbelievable but certainly i think for vendor management, even though like everything can be more or less automated, notifications, mm-hmm. this, that, and the other, I think it's a good thing that there's a person at the end of of it all. Mm-hmm. And exactly some like a person who can relate to the other people who are, you know, doing this linguistic work. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It, I think for the people it makes a big difference. Yes, you know? yes, I, I I felt that and I love that part about it too that you you feel like at least you're doing your best right yeah to make sure that everything works but then talking about things that people don't usually enjoy yes you then yes. became a big expert on this uh <laughs> animal <laughs> called machine translation right 
Yes. Well, I suppose before that I moved on, uh, I suppose, like some crisis, I don't know which year, there's always a crisis yes, that makes always. me kind of think, okay, n now maybe I need a permanent job because there's a crisis coming. And when a crisis comes, like consultants are the, the ones that sometimes, you know, are dropped and it makes sense. Like, you know, uh, companies tighten their belts and they mm. think, okay, maybe I wanted to do this project, but I'm going to leave it for next year because there's no money or I don't know if there's going to be uh, money. There's uncertainty. Mm -hmm. So I thought, okay, maybe maybe it's a good time for me to uh, to to go to a permanent position, and I did. Uh, I found a great position in We Localize as a quality manager. And again, I think I was in We Localize for around seven years or something like that. So it's your number, right? <laughs> you stay I know, yeah. Number. Then it's like out <laughs> one way or another out. So, um, and in that case, like half of my time, I was working as a quality manager. So I went back to quality, which is what I love. And I think I do very well. Uh, it was unbelievably complex, super complex, big, big, big uh, accounts, mm. so many languages, copywriting, uh, all sorts of workflows, millions of words. And like, I don't know if anybody... Uh, things like me, but being a quality manager sometimes is, is almost like being a PR manager. You really need to talk to <laughs> you really need to talk to your people, to your clients, and sell them sell them the idea of localization. So sometimes I would find that um, I had a great relationship with the um, with the quality manager on the other side, on the side of the of the client, who is mm -hmm. a nice woman, Angela, she's amazing. Um, and we got on really well and we understood each other really well. So there was no problem there. But then, of course, there were all the local representatives of the different uh, locales and languages. And those people were more, I suppose, uh, their jobs were more related to marketing than localization mm -hmm. i mean they would be kind of signing signing off copies simply because that was going to be you know publishing their own locals and all that mm -hmm. so they had no idea about localization <laughs> so maybe somebody could come and like from i don't know from maybe the the romanian uh, office and said i want to change this term and you would go they they don't know what this means like i mean this <laughs> term is a key term you know you can't, you cannot change it. Like, I mean, if you change it, you, you have to change it everywhere. You have to change it in the documentation, translation memories, blah, blah, you know. So there was a lot of literally at that time picking up the phone and talking to these people and saying, okay, uh, if we do this, this is what it means, you know. Everything published before, it's going to be different there's going to be inconsistencies there's all this um i suppose budget that you need to allocate to this is this really necessary mm -hmm. <laughs> so when you mentioned the budget is when things started to get <laughs> well i suppose people begin to realize that there's more to to it you know mm -hmm. <coughs> excuse me so uh, there's a lot to be said about education yeah of clients 
Mm-hmm. I yes, please. Kill me because my my throat gets very dry. Yes, do whatever you need to do. Don't worry about it. Thank you. <laughs> so then, when I was there, um, the same clients who were very advanced in terms of technology, mm. innovation, you know, they were kind of pioneer. They decided they wanted machine translation. So what year was this, sort of? I was going to say, yeah, that was, I think, I mean, it's not that long ago. It feels mm. like a, like a, <laughs> an era ago. I think it was around 2012 or something ah. like that. So, mm. I mean, it's not that, it's not 20 years ago. It's, it's barely 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. But so many things have happened since. For sure. And localization has changed so much mm-hmm. in that time that it feels like if it was, uh, you know, prehistoric times. <laughs> so anyway, uh, they they came and said, this is what we want. And they, they split their translation budget between us and another big, large MLB. And we knew that they would come to us for innovation because We Localize was great for innovation. They would always, you know, experiment and research and try to get, um, I suppose, uh, as many innovations and new technologies as possible. Mm -hmm. So we knew that it was either us or somebody else was going to do it. And we were all a bit kind of, I was quality manager. I was thinking, machine translation, hmm, I don't know about this, blah, blah. So anyway, um, we we did it. We did it. It was amazing. It took us a year. We did a lot of investigation on the, I suppose, the providers that were available to mm-hmm. us at that time. Um, we created the engines. Well, they created the, in- the engines, but we had to support them with all the translation memories, mm-hmm. uh, everything. And then we had to, to do the analysis. That was the times of statistical models, obviously, mm-hmm. not neural models. Not yet. <laughs> not yet. And then it was, it really read like machine translation, like Google Translate. You know, yes, the way yes. like clients... <laughs> They still say it these days. I know. It's true most of the time, but anyway. I know, I know. <laughs> I talk about say, that all the time. This looks like Google Translate. Yes, yes. It's amazing. Well, I love it. I always say no, well, because it would be better. <laughs> yes, indeed. So at that time, it really did read like, like a machine translation because, you know, there was no fluency at all. Mm-hmm. It was all very kind of chunky, robotic. But still... We thought, okay, I'm being kind of the innovators and trying to be data-driven. We thought, okay, we need to test this. We need to see if indeed this is productive because we need to sell it to 27 vendors, you know, LSPs who are going to need to work on this. So we, uh, we as, as I mean, the company, the, the team uh, created this uh, kind of app automation uh, using Omega D mm. that would read words per hour. Okay. So that we could do testing, uh, translation, translating and post-editing and, and seeing the difference between uh, speed 
clearly split between between one and the other. I mean, it's funny because now companies have implemented it mm-hmm. in many cases, you know, and it all started there <laughs> with us kind of saying, okay, how do we do this? And do we need to take into consideration thinking time? Which of course you do. Uh, what happens if they if they go back to to the same segment which translators do all the time? Mm-hmm. They don't they don't do a linear translation and then they move on. They go back, they change, they reread. So all the, this needed to be taken into consideration. So this time needed to be added to the final. I mean, you name it. <laughs> it was like fascinating and complicated. But once we had it done, all done, and we did the analysis, indeed, to almost our surprise in many ways, because (laughs) the translators would complain so much, you know. Um, We did see that there was a clear productivity increase, you Mm -hmm. know, what we call the productivity delta. We went to conferences about this and all that. So... Then we had to do the job of evangelizing everybody. I mean, evangelizing sounds a bit fancy, but it really is kind of explaining, telling, convincing, you know, moving on with this concept. So at that time, we localized, I suppose, realized how important this technology was going to be in the future. And they created this tools team. And I was invited to take part of the tool tools team uh, managing like the, I suppose, the part of analysis, uh, talking to clients, training, mm-hmm. internal teams, training, post-editors, etc. So I moved on. I jumped in at the opportunity. I was only too delighted because I love new things. I thought this was super exciting. Mm-hmm. I could see that it was something that it was going to be um, I suppose here forever <laughs> and even even though I have said that vendor management is very tough quality manager management now that is super tough as well mm-hmm. you know so after I don't know how many years um like I mean the the pressure was unbelievable to to keep the quality of you know all these languages absolutely pristine. You know, the threshold was super high and week after week after week. And uh, so I had done it, learned it, loved it. I was ready to move on. So I just moved on to machine translation. (laughs) And um, so I did it for a few years in We Localized. Mm -hmm. And then I moved on again and uh, I had the opportunity to, I mean, the good thing about Dublin is that we all know each other. (laughs) In many ways. And you have everything there and everybody there, right? Exactly. In this, I mean, in this there area, are so many obviously. people. Um, it's such a small community as well. We all kind of go around working in the same companies. Or, <laughs> yeah, that makes you sense. Know, if you haven't worked, <laughs> I mean, there are companies I haven't worked, but maybe there are like 10 people that I know they mm-hmm. are working there or they are my friends or whatever, you know. So in any case, I thought I would love to work in for a machine translation provider. Wow. I really would like to see the other side mm. of the, I mean, I call it the dark side, <laughs> jokingly, jokingly, right? 
So yeah. anyway, I did. I talked to Tony O'Dowd, whom I knew from the industry, of course. And uh, I said, I don't know if, like, do you need anybody? Um, are you are you hiring? And uh, he said, yes, actually I am. So I joined as a product manager. Once again, fascinating, absolutely fascinating. An area that I loved, which is uh, also that um, people in the industry can do, right? Product management. Mm -hmm. And um, I also ended up working, uh, I suppose, managing their professional services as well. So that was amazing. Uh, it was a great, great learning two or three years. Uh, so many things happened. First of all, the, I suppose, the new um, technology, neural, mm -hmm. appeared, right? And we did the change while I was there. So I could see the, the absolutely amazing difference between mm. the previous one and the new one. So that was amazing. One like straight away, I was, I said, okay, I'm, I'm reviewing the Spanish. The Spanish is for me. I really <laughs> want to see it with my own eyes. Yeah. You know, um, and then product management, again, super fascinating. Uh, I did a, myself and the developer did a, a user experience course in um, in one of the, the colleges in, in Dublin. Mm. Uh, just preparing for for you know for the job of changing the UI, mm -hmm. changing all the layout of uh, of the the app, right? I loved it, absolutely loved it. We did all sorts of crazy things like use <laughs> use case testing, and you know it was once again it was finding solutions better ways of doing the same thing uh putting ourselves in the in the place of the person who was using yep. the application and what happened how can we improve this how can we make it visually more appealing etc so that was amazing as mm -hmm. well and then I suppose just <laughs> just to come to the final part of my career. Doesn't the magic beans show up, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so far. So um, what I was seeing between my time in We Localize and definitely my time in Cantan, I saw that there was, I suppose, uh, a need, a need in the market, which was uh, companies, in this case, many times LSPs or localization teams for from bigger companies, whatever, they wanted to implement the, the technology, right? The, the, mm -hmm. the translation, uh, machine translation technology, but they didn't know how to. I mean, okay, the the translate the machine translation providers, most of them now provide the service mm -hmm. of do it yourself. Yeah, but it depends on the internal team, right? So types of companies can just uh, include that in their normal workflow, and others can't. So I guess you need you need to come in and maybe be the bridge between the MT provider and I don't know. That's is it. is it the the type of work that you do? Yes, definitely. Mm -hmm. So I suppose one thing is the same as everything. Um, 
like with a TMS, with whatever, you know, we have so many, so much technology in the industry. One thing is being able to use the technology. Mm-hmm. And another thing is being knowing how to use it well. Mm-hmm. So like I, I thought, okay, great opportunity uh, for me to set up on my own, which I, I like. I mm-hmm. love being an independent consultant. I tried <laughs> for a while. Then the crisis came and I, I had a very young family and I thought, no, 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 I need a, a I need a permanent position. And then I I stayed on for another bunch of years <laughs> and in in you know in permanent positions and all that. But what I really like is being, I suppose, an independent consultant because I see so many things, I learn so much from different clients and all that. So I thought, okay, let's see if this works. A little bit like you, what you are trying, Rita, at mm-hmm. you know, what we were talking about before. Let's let's give this some sort of breathing space yeah. and see if this works and see if this sticks, you know. Mm-hmm. So, and this is what I've been doing ever since. Uh, that was, I think, 2017. So that's kind of five years, more mm-hmm. or less. Yeah, uh, I'm still here. It's great. Yeah, you already have an yeah. overview of five years on what happened and what was going the way that you expected it to be going, or what didn't work. <laughs> that kind of thing, I suppose. Right? In five years, you can already see and and know about yes. also how you performed according to your own expectations. So I suppose I think, I mean, thankfully, the companies I work with are usually very happy, are happy. I make companies happy. I make companies, <laughs> this is, you should get I make companies sure. happy, yes, definitely. So um, I am successful on transferring the knowledge, training them, giving them the confidence, supporting them while they are doing this crazy transition. Mm. So because in many ways, I mean, there are kind of, such misconceptions sometimes in the industry, which is everybody in in LinkedIn is talking about artificial intelligence and chat GDP. Hence, everybody is using it incorrect, absolutely incorrect. This is not the case. So there is when there is all these hypes, um, of course, people who who know about it talk about it and everybody wants to learn so these forums are amazing to gather information even to know where to go to look for more mm-hmm. and all that 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 is all amazing but then companies implement new technologies new ways new services whenever they are ready whenever they can at their own space and 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 rhythm because of course, like I mean, it's a very disruptive uh, new step, yeah. and it takes a lot of effort um, and commitment to do it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, sometimes it feels that everybody has it. Let's say, right? <laughs> In the same way that that it feels that everybody has great quality programs, right? Everybody looks after the their quality so well. And then it's the reality. <laughs> yes, yes, I know. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, for that reason, I think there is, yeah, I mean, there is a, still a need and all that. Um, 
it's it's kind of exhausting having to be uh, out there all the time, you know, being visible, being present, and all that. And that is, I suppose, the the life of the independent uh, consultant. I work on my own. I work with Robert in Magic Beans. Mm. I work with other people, but I have to be out there, you know, letting people know that I exist all mm-hmm. the time and that takes a lot of time that takes a lot of effort yes for uh, sure you know, <laughs> but it like keeps it fresh are... right because you have to talk to a lot of people you have to see it from many yes. perspectives so i guess Absolutely. it's also yes. different yes. from someone who only works with one company and of course embraces the philosophy that comes from the company because you've seen many right yes <laughs> you've taken your conclusions at this point and now you're you're absolutely at a position where your opinion is very valuable because of all the years of experience and being there while things were happening which is different than just getting it while it's already in its course right i suppose i mean i i love working with new companies even like uh, i mean i i not only implement machine translation, but I I do a lot of uh, machine translation implementation. Even if I did that all the time, day in and day out, like all the the cases are always different. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, the languages are different, the locales are different, people work in, in, for different clients, different content types, different verticals. Sometimes they, they already have married to a a provider and then I need to work with this provider whether uh, I would have thought well maybe I would have done something else but they already are committed they have all, <laughs> right. all their workflows with this provider whatever it is you know so uh, it's challenging mm-hmm. I learn a lot then it's not only of course machine translation is only one one step of the whole puzzle Sometimes uh, the TMS or the CAD tool is different, okay? And there could be a new TMS I've never worked with. So I learned about this as well. So all this makes it uh, very interesting. Yes, I'm very, yeah, I like it very much. Every time you show up to work, you never know what's going to happen. (laughs) Well, certainly every time I talk to a new client, I don't know what what new challenge I'm going to find. But uh, normally, I mean, I haven't been able... I suppose I have been able to to go along with it. I haven't yet said I cannot do this. So uh, that's good. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Laura. This has been amazing. Uh, it's amazing to me to talk to someone who really has hands-on experience from this other point of view, right? From more the company side of things, more the corporate kind of things, uh, side of things, because I think is one thing that we're missing uh, in our little uh, translation LSP uh, providers um, community is that we usually don't have the perspective from that side. And I really wanted to bring people who have this amount of experience and might uh, shed some light on some things that sometimes have been obscured by less informed uh, opinions. So thank you so much. And I hope we can talk soon more about your your activities and your amazing skills and your communications and all of that. So thank you so much for this. I really appreciate it. Thank you. It was lovely talking to you, Rita. Okay, thank you so much. Bye, Bye-bye. see you soon. <laughs> Bye. 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 Bye.